Have you wondered about living elsewhere after you retire? Well, we have, almost daily. As you know, it's not an overnight decision. Hi, this is Gil and Jean of Retire There, a podcast about places to consider living in during your retirement. We started this show for selfish reasons, because we will be retiring in the next few years, but we're not sure where. Then a light bulb went off in Jean's head. What are others doing? With so many baby boomers retiring, there must be many relocating. So we decided, let's connect with them and pick their brains. But first, a little background. I'm Asian, born in Brazil, and grew up in Flatbush, Brooklyn. I'm an engineer turned attorney and practicing higher ed law at a college who loves working with students, faculty, and staff. I am not Asian. Born and raised in Long Island, New York, a place I always wanted to leave. I am a law librarian working in a court who loves his job. We've lived in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, New York for many years, and I've been thinking about our future home. So we'll be speaking to folks from around the country, and now around the world, who have moved to venues of their dreams and more. And we will share their stories, and we will share their intimate secrets. No. I'm just kidding, Jean. But we will provide information that you may not find anywhere else. So stay tuned. Hola. Today we will be chatting about Mexico. Not any one particular place, but we'll be exploring lesser-known retirement jewels of Mexico. Our very special guest is New York Times bestseller author Russell Blake, who is retired and lives in the city of Colima. Russell grew up in California and New York. He had a career in high tech and then as a home developer. Soon after his retirement from real estate, he started writing novels. He wrote five thrillers, was not happy with them, and tossed them. He searched for a publisher for a sixth novel, but was not successful. In 2011, he started self-publishing and sold on Amazon. Initially, his first 10 titles sold few copies. That all changed when he tried different marketing tactics and published books quickly. At one point, he released 25 thrillers in 30 months. That is amazing. He has written over 60 novels and is one of the best-selling authors of thrillers. He even co-wrote two books with blockbuster novelist Clive Cussler. What brings Russell here today is not a novel, but a nonfiction book. In 2020, he released Retirement Secrets of Mexico, which focuses on eight select retirement locations there. These are places that are not, for the most part, flooded with expats. Russell notes the book is a description of places where one can live an exceptional life with modern infrastructure and conveniences, eating and drinking well without having to worry about safety, comfort, or healthcare quality. Interests and hobbies include crypto, design, winemaking, and tequila. I didn't know tequila was a hobby. I'm going to have to take that up, Gil. Mm. <laughs> Tra- travel and writing. Although he says he's retired, he keeps very busy. Russell has a design and construction company in Cabo, an international publishing company, restaurants in Guadalajara and Colima, an expat development company in Colima, and a tech incubator for crypto. Welcome, Russell. We are honored to have you. Well, it's nice to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Before you get into the locations described in your book, Retirement Secrets of Mexico, please let us know 
how you first landed in the country. Well, um, thank you for having me on the podcast. It's it's an honor. Um, and after that that uh, build up, uh, <laughs> me, I think pretty much everyone's going to be let down after they actually hear what I have to say. Oh, but, I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> well, stay tuned. Um, I, I sold my company in two thousand. I want to say two thousand and two or so. Um, and I, you know, I was never a particularly good American because I had kind of grown up. I'd spent a couple of formative years in Europe. So when I came back to the U.S. as a, you know, late teenager, it, I felt I, I never felt like I was uh, I, I belonged, especially in California. So, you know, I, I, I when I when I sold my company and after 9-11 happened and the Patriot Act was getting passed and everything else, I just, you know, I saw the direction things were going and I just didn't want to participate. I didn't see it going in the kind of direction that I wanted. So I, I thought about um, other locations. And my, my first choice was actually Melbourne, Australia. Um, and I'd spent a lot of time there and I loved it. World capital of eating and drinking. Um, <laughs> no, it really is. And Australians have a brilliant sense of um, black humor. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're just vicious. So yeah. very, very, you know, erudite, <laughs> funny um, yeah. you know, population. Um, and but I, you know, living in Southern California, I'd always gone to uh, um, Cabo San Lucas for easy three day, four day weekends. So I thought, you know, why, why not try Mexico for six months? You know, I'll go to Cabo. I'll start there because I kind of know where, you know, what it's like. And mm -hmm. it's really, you know, it's not it's not Mexico. It's more like, you know, Mexi land. It's kind <laughs> of like Mexico for for gringos. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone speaks with an accent. But they all speak English. You know? Yeah. And, and you say in your book, every day is like Saturday there, right? Oh, yeah. No, it's like a <laughs> frat party, you know, until four in the morning. Every night, you know, so. You know, it's a beach. It's a cantina town that was a fishing town that, you know, guys would get away from their wives for three days and go raise hell and, you know, then fly back. That's that's what made it, you know, the spot. So I moved there um, and it was nice. It was you know, it's a beach town. Um, it's, it's got its charms. I like it. I still go there, you know, for four or five days at a time to check up on construction and um, you know, see my friends. Oh, it takes a special type of person to live in a beach town long term. Mm -hmm. And you really have to enjoy that lifestyle of, you know, every day there's there's busloads of tourists showing up and, you know, you're paying 40 to 50 percent more than anywhere else in Mexico yeah. for pretty much everything. True. So, you know, it's just if you want that. And at the time, that's all I was familiar with. So I was like, oh, well, you know, this is way better than the States. This is great. <laughs> so I stayed there for 12 years. I started my construction company, um, taught myself architecture and became a, a fairly well-known designer in Cabo. I've done maybe a couple hundred designs for custom homes. I built probably, wow. I don't know. 35 or 40 of them now in marquee um, communities there. I mean, big homes, like five, eight, 10,000 square feet. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah, no, it was, so it was kind of, yeah, for somebody that retired, I, I, <laughs> I think you've done I, but more. That's, that's, yeah, that's my history though. Um, because otherwise I'll just sit on the beach and drink margaritas and that's fine for six months, but it's yeah. not particularly healthy. Mm -hmm. And for certain types of personalities, it's probably not the best idea. <laughs> so, so I tried to stay busy. I stayed there for 12 years. I called it home for 12 years and I enjoyed it. But as I lived there, I started spreading out to other areas. I started investigating mainland Mexico, not just Baja. 
Um, in fact, the book originally was going to be all about Baja because there's just there's like, I don't know, something like 11 different ecosystems as you drive down from, oh, from wow. San Diego. Yeah, no, but people don't realize unless they've done the drive. Yeah, because you cross the border and you've got TJ, which is, you know, is yeah, sort of yeah. stereotypical. Mm -hmm. And then you've got Ensenada, which is, you know, kind of June gloom, probably four or five June months gloom. of the year. Mm -hmm. No, it is. It's, you know, it's a yeah, it's, yeah. Got the marine layer that kind of hangs over it. And then you go over the mountain range and you're in the wine country. You're in Napa Valley. Mm -hmm. It's weird. Yes. You're in Santa Tomas Valley and all of that. And then you go over another mountain range and you're in Big Sur. Okay. It's just wow. like, you know, miles and miles and miles of uninterrupted beaches. And then you go over another and you're in the middle of, you know, like this agricultural sort of wasteland. You know, you could be in Kansas. It's completely flat. And then you go over another mountain range and you're you're in a, a rock forest wow. where it looks like meteors, you know, for 100 miles. Just wow. No, it's just it's 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 a fascinating drive. It's two days. And if you make it um, 11 different ecosystems. Oh, and there's a variety of uh, plant that you see in that that uh, that rock um, area that only grows in Baja, nowhere else on the face of the earth. Oh, oh yeah, it's we weird. We it definitely looks like need very... to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I recommend it. Mm, you know, it's absolutely. a dangerous drive in the sense that it's only a two-lane road. Oh, okay. For a oh. thousand miles. Oh. Yeah, and a, a lot of it doesn't have a shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, so thanks a lot. Well, it's, yeah. similar, it's similar to driving up Highway One in California, then. Uh, very similar to that, except that on highway one, you usually don't encounter cows sleeping in the middle of the road or, <laughs> you know, a sofa that fell off of a truck that they're coming back for in yeah. a few hours or, you know, just, I, I remember at one point I came around a corner outside of San Quintin and, um, no, it was Santa Rosalia and there was an SUV on fire in the middle of the road. It was just like the, the, the chassis was completely a hundred miles from anything. Oh. And it oh, was, wow. uh, yeah. And I took a buzzard. I took a turkey buzzard through the windshield um, by oh. Mulahay on one of my trips. I came around wow. a corner doing about 80 miles per hour. Nobody else on the road. August, 115 degrees out. Oh, yeah. And there were there were 20 turkey buzzards, you know, dining on something by the side of the road. 19 of them, you know, went one direction and the other one was like the oh, slow my. burner. You know, he flew Goodness. right into the car. Oh, and my. Turkey buzzards weigh 20, 25 yeah. pounds. Heavy, so it's kind yeah. of like having a bowling ball at 80 miles per hour. Yeah, that must have been freaky. Well, were you injured? Uh, no, I mean, you know, the, the windshield held together and I wound up oh, having good. to drive for the remaining four hours to Loretto holding my windshield <laughs> and with my head outside of the window because the windshield was... So you could see, yeah. Yeah, so I could see. So okay. that was one of my more memorable. And then I held it together for the rest of the way to Cabo from Loretto with um, transparent packing tape. What? Because it was a Sunday, so there was only, and, and it took two months to get the windshield. <laughs> oh my God. So you went so from was, 80 miles an hour to 40, right? Yeah, talk about a state change. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one minute you're going, you know, I don't see why everyone says this drive is so dangerous. It's there's nobody on the road. You can carve the curves. It's oh wonderful. I mean, really. And then bam. Wow. It's like, you know, and I was, I remember looking down at all the safety glass on myself. Jeez. You know, going, what just happened? I mean, it oh. literally took me five seconds for it to completely register and for me to stop oh and just, God. what just happened? Oh, my Lord. I can't imagine emergency vehicles trying to get in there, right? Oh, there are no emergency vehicles. <laughs> it's a two-lane road in the middle <laughs> of the desert, 100 miles. Oh, okay. All right. Oh I'm going to have yeah. to think about that one. And that was my first drive down. Wow. And my oh, wow. very first drive down. I was like, yeah. <laughs> 
people say this road is so problematic. Yeah, you know, they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're the you can write a book on that one. Well, I I could, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> so can you um, you talk about Cabo and. In your book, you talk about two other locations in Baja that are yeah. that are less crowded. That are, could you talk about one of those? Yeah, sure. Todos Santos. Okay. Um, Todos Santos is up the coast from Cabo. It's about a forty-minute drive up the coast from Cabo, and it's because it's on the Pacific side. It's usually about five to ten degrees cooler, which means even in the summer when it's about ninety-three, ninety-four. Um, in Cabo, it'll be mid eighties. So it's really, you know, because it, it, it's cooler. So it's nice all year round. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a funky, more artistic, you know, off the beaten path mm -hmm. mission town. Okay. So it's got a lot of, you know, it's got a lot of centuries old buildings and very rustic feel. And it's got some gringos. It's got an, you know, but mainly Baja veterans, people that have lived there 30 years, 40 years and have, have jumped around different places it's really favored by a lot of people that just plan to live the rest of their lives there, just retire. And, and it's little known because most people don't, you know, the, the Hotel California is there, not the one in the uh, in Eagles. the Eagles song. <laughs> um, but they named, you know, uh, they play it night and day at the at the one in Toto Santos. You know, never let a good opportunity yeah. go to waste. Sure, sure. Um, that's very Mexican, by the way. So. Yeah. Oh, wow. Of course, this is the Hotel California. <laughs> right. But yeah, it's just a really, it's a very chill, very relaxed, sort of Baja 30 years ago experience. Ah, interesting. The one downfall of, of the place, you say there's no hospital, right? Yeah, I mean, it's got a medical clinic and they're talking about building, you know, and I think they've got an INSS hospital, but you don't want to get anything more. You really don't want anything worse than a, a broken hand or something mm -hmm. because, you know, anything serious, it's just not. And, you know, I would say most of Kaba, most of Baja is like that. I mean, the uh, physicians I know there just say, if you've got something serious, get on a plane, go to Guadalajara, go to Mexico City. Okay. Because that's where the that's where the best hospitals and the yeah. best um, doctors are. And how long is that plane ride? Uh, it's about an hour. It's not bad. That's okay. not bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends on what's wrong with you, obviously. <laughs> of course. Yeah. No, but I mean, if you've got cancer, if you've got some sort of ongoing, you know, chronic renal failure, if you've got um, some cardiovascular issues, um, I would definitely go to Guadalajara because that's uh, the premier sort of medical centers um, in Mexico or in Guadalajara. Now, can you tell us what led you to these other special places and which ones would stand out the most, if any? Well, it's really a function of what people want. I mean, when I when I when I wrote the book, uh, I sort of my, my thinking was not just destinations, but also just information people need to know when when they're planning to expatriate or when they, they're planning to spend a long time in a foreign country. So I would say probably 75 percent of the book is devoted to just things that are done differently in Mexico and things you need to, to know, either mentally prepare yourself for or just get accustomed to, you know, cultural differences, et cetera, et cetera banking, um, immigration, et cetera, et cetera. So um, this book is packed with information. It's really, really great. Well, I'm glad you, you like it so far. Um, I don't know. It's gotten over a hundred reviews and most of them, you know, aren't scathingly bad. So <laughs> I said, unlike my other fine works, <laughs> no, but I, I seriously, I, I, you know, I was trying to think what, what do I wish I had known when I had moved to Mexico? Yeah, please. I'm not sure I would have spent 12 years in Cabo if mm -hmm. I had known 
you know, some of these other places existed because they provide a completely different lifestyle. I started branching out and I traveled to mainland mainly because um, like at one point, because uh, I bought a car with a friend um, and I discovered Zapopan in Guadalajara because, you know, he bought himself a convertible BMW that was, you know, fairly rare in Mexico. And um, I'd never heard of Zapopan. I couldn't even pronounce it. Um, (laughs) And I just, you know, I thought Guadalajara, I'd stayed maybe three times, you know, near the airport. You know, I just flown in and flown out. I'd never spent any time there because it just had a big Mexican city, not interested. Mm -hmm. And um, I think I cover Zapopan in the book. And what I discovered when I went there was that this is the equivalent of of Beverly Hills in, in Mexico City. Wow. I mean, it's just it or Santa Fe or Polanco in Mexico City. But it's it's like if you took Beverly Hills and you put it into Mexico, that would be Zapopan or at least the area. Zapopan is actually it's kind of a suburb. It's a northern suburb of Guadalajara, but it's 10 miles by 10 miles. So it's 100 square miles. It's a a big area. But the area I'm thinking specifically about is what they call the Andaris area because there's a big shopping mall called Andaris or Puerto de Hierro. And it is, uh, you know, it's just I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I mean, we stayed at the Hyatt, um, the Hyatt Regency Andaris, which is literally a five star um, experience that would be 600 bucks in the U.S. And I think it cost one hundred and twenty five dollars. Wow. I mean, it was just like, oh, my God, you know, Mm -hmm. this is insane. And there were Ferraris and Bentleys and G-Wagons everywhere. And, you know, everyone looked like they just stepped out of a Milan runway. And, yeah. <laughs> um, no, it was, so it was completely different than, than what I expected, especially after living in, in Cabo for 12 years, where, you know, if you're wearing shorts and flip-flops, you're overdressed. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 you know, I, we spent a week there haggling over the car and dealing with the paperwork. And then I came back for a couple of three weeks to check real estate values and look at other neighborhoods and um, wound up, wound up buying a lot and building a house there. Oh, wow. Wow. So I was, I was just completely blown away. I still am to this day. I still got a place there and I, I, it's a couple hours um, commute from, from Colima where I'm also building a house and where I live right now to what to Zapopan. Mm-hmm. So I drive every couple of weeks for four or five days, hang out in Zapopan, and then come back to Colima. Oh, wow. So is the cost of living um, different or would you say, you know, it's all relative in a Beverly Hills? Yeah, you want New York prices or, I mean, I just had some friends come come into Zapopan, which is the most expensive area of Guadalajara from New York. And, you know, they, they stayed for three days and it was it was like they were Japanese, you know, tourists buying Rolexes in the 80s in Hawaii, <laughs> buying a three because the yen was so strong. It was yeah. Play money. Yeah. I, you know, I'll give you an example, like one of the best steak restaurants there is called La Vaca Argentina. It's right in front of the Hyatt you know, touristy spot, everyone overdressed 500 gram, which is 18 ounce steak costs about $14. Oh my God. I don't know. And at a Morton's level, you know, I mean, like a $70, $80 level, Peter Luger's, you know, Mm. level. Wow. Yeah, no, it's just, so you can extrapolate from there. A beer's $2, you know, in that region, oh my goodness. that zone. And if you go to, you know, two blocks off, it's a dollar a beer. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what else so, do you need to know? Yeah. 
Yeah. So nothing. are the majority of the residents from there? I mean, are they natives or would you say there's a mix since there aren't that many expats? Yeah, there's not many expats because nobody knows about it. Interesting. Um, but I would say most of them are native to Guadalajara or they've they've moved there because, you know, they made a bunch of money wherever they were in Mexico and, you know, it gravitated towards there because it was kind of the secret in spot mm-hmm. um, that was completely safe. You know, this this enclave of prosperity, um, you know, it's got five different police forces. In, in this one little area. Yeah, no, no. It's oh. got a private, you know, like the, the private police force carries Uzis. Um, <laughs> it, it's got a private police force for Puerto de Hierro. It's got, it, it is, I mean, they're sending the message, do not come here to misbehave. That That's the message that the police are sending. Because these are some of the most prosperous people in Mexico. So right. they don't want to deal with kidnappings or, you know, carjackings or muggings or robberies. It just doesn't happen. Now, there's occasionally, um, you know, a political figure or a narco will get taken out. You know, somebody will shoot somebody else. But that kind of happens everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, last time I talked to a buddy in Chicago, <laughs> you know, he told me the crime stats um in south chicago which is like three miles from where he lives and i was like really that's mm-hmm. going on there yeah. Like, yeah. yeah no that's uh, yeah that's yeah, it's, our that's it's our sad, yeah <laughs> it is what it is yeah but to put to put things into perspective like on the cost side and remember zapopan's super expensive by mexican standards you can get a two-bedroom condo in a high-rise you know maybe two blocks from andaris you know and of absolutely beautiful new building um you can rent it for probably 12 to 1500 bucks a month wow nice yeah in the most <laughs> expensive building that's you know you really want to go upstale you can go to you know they just built something called the landmark which is you should look it up on online landmark guadalajara landmark is mm-hmm. it's just this breathtaking architecture all glass and steel high-rise curved building with four stories of shopping downstairs, you know, malls and, and restaurants. Um, and I think that I looked at a place there, it was maybe a couple of grand a month. And that's the most, the marquee. You mm-hmm. know, right, right. And what about language? Are there any issues there if you don't speak um, well, Spanish? You know, there might be, but not that much because most of the better educated, I mean, Mexicans are bilingual or, and certainly if they're in the service business, you know, if they're a waiter or something, they've been exposed to enough. If they aren't, the guy next to them is, and they'll call them over, Mm -hmm. but it's not, you know, it's not like Cabo where everybody, where it's like hanging out in San Diego. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You don't need to know really any Spanish at all, but I mean, it's Mexico, Yeah, but they also now teach English in uh, most of the schools for the last five sure. to 10 years. So mm-hmm. I would, I would say you're better off in places like Zapopan. You kind of want to make an effort to try to learn yeah, enough to, yeah. to immerse yourself, right? but you don't need to be fluent. I mean, at 16 years in Mexico, no, I'm still not fluent. Oh, you're not? Very, no, I'm, I'm not. I, I mean, I'm probably, I, I probably 65 to 70%, but oh. the problem is conjugation. I mean, it's got 16 different tenses. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Right there. My grammar is, you know, just mm-hmm. all over the mm-hmm. place, mm-hmm. but I can make myself known. Obviously, I run a construction company, and sure. et cetera, et cetera. So, sure. But I wouldn't say I'm 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 fluent. Mm-hmm. So you have a place there, and you're building in Colima. Can you talk yeah. about Colima? Colima is is I think within five to ten years, it's going to be you know it's going to be the next 
expat hotspot. And the reason that I think that is because it's only a couple hours from Guadalajara airport. So you've got a major international second, I think largest in Mexico, international airport. The weather is warm year round. It's, you know, probably 90 in the two hottest months, which is April and May. And then it's like mid eighties. So you get, you know, that stereotypical balmy Mexican thing all year round. It's got a rainy season because it's in the tropics. Mm -hmm. So, so you've got, you know, it'll typically rain at night for about an hour, hour and a half, like Hawaii. If you've ever Mm -hmm. been to Hawaii, Mm -hmm. every night it rains, it cools everything off and then it's gorgeous all day long. But the main thing is, again, gringos don't know about it. They have no idea it exists. And it gets a bad rap because Colima, the city, is the same name as Colima, the state. And Colima state, um, you know, always receives billing as the most violent and dangerous state in Mexico. Wow. And there's a reason for that. <laughs> the, the reason is population density. There's 700,000 people in all of Colima, like the entire state. If you have 600 like cartel baddies shooting each other in the barrio, you know, in, in the, and oh, by the way, it has the major port for the West Coast is Manzanillo mm-hmm. is in, uh-huh. which is 60 miles away. So it's an hour drive to Manzanillo, but you know, Manzanillo is actively dangerous because you've got four different cartels jockeying for position for control of the port at any given time. But even so, if you put all that into perspective, you know, one guy, two guys, you know, buys a bullet, you know, every day in Manzanillo because they're they're duking it out over a shipping container full of math. Um, You know, that makes it seem like you're living in Beirut in the 70s. But it's it's just it's (laughs) if you look at it in in actual hard numbers, it's it's a bad weekend in Tijuana. I mean, oh my so, God. Yeah, no, no, no. So you have to, you know, I try to do that in the book. I try to just break things down so that you understand yeah. a little bit. There's more nuance to it. Manzanillo. Yeah. I wouldn't want to live there. But again, if you stay in the tourist area, yeah, nobody's fighting over a container ship there. So you're right. probably <laughs> fine. You're sitting on the beach drinking a margarita. You wouldn't know you were in, you know, the most dangerous state in, in Mexico. If you go to the port area, Every day, it's all about controlling territory and, you know, gaining an advantage, et cetera. Yeah, you'd you'd be in active, you know, I wouldn't want to do that. You'd be in active danger. And if you're trying to buy drugs in the barrio, yeah, pretty much like buying meth or crack in the U.S., I would imagine. Um, (laughs) You know, you go to the neighborhoods where that's that's, uh, a popular, you know, sort of aperitif, you're going to have a problem. I love your casual parlance of the cartel. <laughs> no, you, but, but I mean, when you live here long enough, you just recognize yeah, you know. it's kind of like probably like like living in the U.S. back in the 20s and 30s were um, in Chicago and New York. It's like, yeah, you know, they just had a big shootout, but, you know, you got the the, the goombas or like, you know, they're fighting <laughs> over control. But, yeah, it's not really it doesn't really impact anything. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, but that's so Colima, the state gets painted with this broad brush. But when you look at the concentration of all of the violence, it's all in Manzanillo and this other town where the Familia Michoacan, which is a Mm -hmm. another cartel um, on the border of Michoacan. But Colima, the city, the capital city is up in the mountains, you know, 40, 50 miles from any of this nonsense. Uh. And there's literally one road in and one road out. So Mm -hmm. it's the worst possible place. To, you know, because you can just right, close yeah. two roads. And, <laughs> right, right, right. 
So, so literally nothing happens in Colima mm-hmm. from a crime perspective. I mean, it's just the safest place. I, I've been here over a year now, and it's it's just nothing happens in Colima. That's kind of one of the sayings. And it's an older population because there's no industry. There's no, you know, I mean, there's retail and restaurants and that sort of thing, but there's no, there's no high tech, there's no manufacturing. So, you know, when you're 18, you move away, you go to Guadalajara for university or to, to get a better job. So you don't have that, you know, 16 through 25 year old, you know, criminally inclined sort of youth element mm-hmm. that would introduce a lot of crime into an area. Mm-hmm. You just don't have it because everyone disappears. So the population demographic is older. And because it's the capital city, many of the employees um, in the town are state employees. So they're paid uh, far better mm-hmm, uh, than the average person in Mexico. They're bureaucrats. So right. of course they're, they're government workers. So, so, so the, the, the safety issue is addressed. The infrastructure is very high quality in the northern se- section of the town because it's all relatively new. It's all in the last 10, 15 years. Oh, oh wow. So, wow. All new infrastructure, high-speed internet, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And it's got two major, like, I think, 20-story hospitals oh. like in that section of town. So the healthcare is much better. Healthcare is the sister um, hospital of the best, uh, certainly most expensive hospital in Guadalajara, Puerto oh, wow. de Hierro Hospital, considered the best hospital up there. They've got their sister facility in Colima, five minutes away from the place I'm building my house. So if I stroke out, you know... <laughs> oh, please. Uh, well, so do you have um, private health insurance or how does that work if retirees, you know, think of moving there? Well, you can get you can get insurance. I don't bother because uh, a trip to the ER costs thirty dollars. Oh, wow. and I'm seen in two minutes. There's nobody there. Hello. Come in. What this, is it, this is in a private hospital. That's in a private hospital. That would wow. be an expensive private hospital. That's wow. Um, you know, if you if you break something like I've broken my hand before, um, including x-rays and the cast and everything came to 100 bucks. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Right. So so right. I was talking, you know, I rescue dogs and I just um, rescued a dog who had a tumor on his leg and had, you know, um, all kinds of horrific problems. And he was in the, the emergency, the vet emergency clinic for four days you know, on IV drips and excision of the tumor, et cetera, et cetera. And the whole bill came to like 300 bucks. No. Yeah, no, I've got a buddy. Yeah. This is, you know, 24 hour doctor. Yeah. I've got a buddy in New York who has a bulldog who has eye problems and he doesn't even get to see the vet. He just (laughs) see the assistant and it's like $490. for (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's why so so many people now are getting pet insurance. Well, well, it's been around for a long time, but just the concept is, you know, blows your mind what the costs are. No, it's insane. But the U S you know, I mean, everything's five to seven times more expensive in the U S than it Mm -hmm. is. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. for healthcare. Like the same medicines. It's weird. You know, like blood pressure medicine is like $4 for a box. You know, you go in the U.S. and uh, your copay is $28 or yeah. $40, you know, and so presumably there's the insurance is covering some other. So it's just, no, it's 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 insane. Now, having said that, um, you know, I mean, I just put money aside every every month, you know, because at some point something horrific is going to happen to me. But if I look, if you just look from an actuarial standpoint, um, 
you know, if I develop cancer and require the most expensive cancer care in Mexico, maybe I'll, I'll burn through 30 or 40 grand. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Compared to you know, and that's, that's assuming that it's a, you know, that it's the most modern cutting edge and I sure. need, you know, linear accelerator mm-hmm. and PET mm-hmm. scans and everything yeah. like a PET scan down here costs a thousand dollars. Like in the U.S., it's easily five yeah. grand. Yeah. Grand. Oh, yeah. It depends on, you know, and that's for, for a hospital-based right. scan. If it's an independent provider, it's cheaper. Right, right. So, so no, the costs are just so dramatically different mm-hmm. that it's almost hard to imagine. And, uh, you know, I mean, I have friends that come visit me, and I'm like, guys, you live, you don't live in the real world. You live in this artificial reality where you just think it's normal to pay, you know, $8 at the airport for a beer and, you know, to, to, you know, to cut yourself. And I have a friend who's a surfer who came down to um, Cabo San Lucas and Cabo is more expensive for medical care because oh, okay. it's a tourist town, right? Mm-hmm. He, he's, I guess another guy gashed him with the board and he got, you know, he cut his leg open and it took like eight stitches or something. Mm. And at the emergency room in Cabo, and I want to say he paid like $160. Same thing happened to him up in Newport Beach. Same thing. Two years later, Newport Beach, same thing, you know, gashed him, needed some stitches, um, came to $4,300. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Same thing. Stitches, same, you know, clean it out, irrigate it, stitch it up, you know, spray some silver on it. Bye-bye. Yeah, yeah. $4,300. Incredible. It's such a messed up system in the yeah, U.S. Though yeah. I mean, I was in Mexico, uh, what two years ago, and uh, I slipped or I, I I fell down some steps in a hotel, and they took us right away to a, a private local hospital. Mm-hmm. I had fear, you know, while I was in pain, I had fear of two things. One is, will they know what they're doing? And secondly, how much is this going to cost? Right. And it was like two hundred, <laughs> you right. know, at the end. Yeah. Right. And that included, yeah, yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. There are also hospitals in places like Cancun and Cabo that will rob you blind because Mm -hmm. it's a tourist who doesn't speak any any Spanish, um, and they see a credit card, you know, and suddenly, you know, you've got a thirty thousand dollar bill for staying there for a week. So it's possible to run up those kind of costs, but Mm -hmm. it's if you just do a little basic homework, it's pretty hard to get screwed. I'll give you some other examples. A friend of mine had a a C-section, a cesarean. Mm -hmm. The whole procedure, including the the gynecologist, the anesthesiologist, the the hospital room for two days, you know, surgery suite, et cetera, et cetera, came to (laughs) $2,100. Wow. You know, first class hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Private room, you know, the whole thing. Oh, wow. Right, right. So, you know, in the U.S., I guess that can go up to 25 grand oh, or more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. If you don't have insurance, you better have it's insurance, a yeah. I mean, yeah. I think our baby costs us $5. <laughs> <laughs> a little maxi. But there's um, a lot of, there. there is an insurance now. If you, if you don't want to do, you can get private health insurance. And yeah, it'll cover you. You know, you'll have a copay. And it'll be probably one-fifth to one-eighth of what you pay in the United States for the same insurance. Um, and then it allows you to go to the very best private hospitals, et cetera. Um, or there's something called the IMSS, which is the national social security system, whereby you can opt in and pay something like a hundred bucks or 80 bucks a month. And, you know, cover pretty much everything that happens to you. And, or maybe that's a year. It's, it's pretty cheap. It's like, mm-hmm. I have to go read my book again. I, did, I didn't pay any attention to it. Cause I, I, that's not where I'm going to save the money. I'm not yeah. looking for the bargain when, you know, I can't breathe in my chest. Right. right. <laughs> 
I'm not looking for the cheapest heart yeah. surgeon. I'm no, looking. That for... is not the time. Yeah, it's, so, it's not. It's like when you when you've got a when you've got a, a when you're being charged with murdering your wife, or <laughs> you know you can't feel your feet. Those yeah. are not two times where you want to bargain. You just don't yeah. want it. No public defender, eh? Yeah, yeah. 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 You, you, and also, um, pharmacies are much different, right? You can just walk yeah. in and, right. and pretty much get whatever. And you they're need inexpensive, right? Yeah, extremely inexpensive, and oftentimes they'll have a pharmacy doctor, an actual physician, right next. So you can walk in and see him for $5 and say, you know, I need some ivermectin and some hydrochloroquine or whatever it is mm-hmm. you want. Mm-hmm. And he'll obligingly write out a script if you need one and, mm-hmm. and you go next door and they, they fill it because they're in the business of selling pills to people. So, of right. course, they want, you know, it's a very, <laughs> they treat you like an adult. They, mm-hmm. You don't require the this, this state's permission to, you know, to buy things. To, you <laughs> presumably know what you're doing. You, mm-hmm. If you want some pills, here's right. some pills. You know. <laughs> um, and it's it's more civilized to me. It's much more free. Yeah. Just, you're treated like an adult. It's yeah. like, hey, you know, if you fall down the stairs, you don't sue the, the hotel because they're bad people. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, watch where you're going. Right. You know? Yeah. No, we're such a litigious society, you know, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to Asia, actually, where it's, you know, it's really looked down upon. Litigation lawsuits are just not. That's the plaintiff's bar in the U.S. I mean, it'd be Mm -hmm. huge. Yeah, absolutely. I have a lot of friends that are attorneys, so Mm -hmm. you know that says Mm -hmm. a lot about me, I suppose. But (laughs) don't hold that against me. We we are both, but we don't. uh... Wow. We're the least the least litigious people hey, you're gonna meet. We didn't okay. send we didn't send you a release, right? So <laughs> no, no. exactly. Wouldn't mean anything in Spanish, anyway. <laughs> no, I yeah, translated because I, but, I know but, Spanish. <laughs> but back to back to Colima. When I came here, I started looking around. I rented an Airbnb for a couple months to get away from the virus in, in and this was yeah, last February or March in Guadalajara because there was a big scare going on with COVID and because Guadalajara is a major metropolitan city, it's the second largest in Mexico. Um, you know, I was like, yeah, maybe this isn't a good idea mm-hmm. um, to stick around here, maybe find something a little calmer and that doesn't have the disease vectors like a metro system and buses, what people use to get around because those are obviously Petri dishes when you have something. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. It took off to Colima and spent a couple of months here. And it was just like, oh, my God, this is a everything is so inexpensive. It's just not funny. Mm. And even by Mexican standard, you can rent a three bedroom renting a house right now <clears throat> while I build my place, a three bedroom home in a gated community. Nice place. Good construction, air conditioning, et cetera. Um, it's 450 bucks a month. No, wow. <laughs> no, I, I, that's why I was saying it's like this yeah. is play money. This is just yeah. silly money. And, you know, then I, I wound up buying uh, a lot. I found a place up in uh, on an 18 hole golf course. I don't play golf, but, mm. uh, you know, I saw that everyone said, oh, you got to go check out Altazano. You got to go check out Altazano. So I went up to this, this, it's about six minutes out outside of town and it's an 18 hole 
five-star platinum level golf course that they spent at least $10 million on the clubhouse because the gym is, you know, easily as big as any of the 24-hour fitnesses, uh, you know, I used to go to. All new equipment, you know, it's got a bar, two restaurants, you know, six different classrooms for Pilates and spin. Mm, And it's got two Olympic-sized pools, tennis courts. No, I mean, no, you just have no idea. And I saw this and I was like, I've never even heard of this. Like I had no idea this exists. So then I looked at the property values and I wound up buying a lot the same day that I went up there. I was just like, okay, well, I'll take this one. (laughs) And and then, you know, I I wound up buying two lots because I wanted to do a, a really expansive place. And then, you know, I started talking to the developer and I said, you know, why, you know, what's going on here? You guys should be sold out. And I mean, you know, it's because they've been there for 10 years mm-hmm. and it's all Mexicans. It's all oh, high net worth Mexicans. I'm like, well, why don't you have any, you know, gringos here? Right. Right. If they had any idea this existed, you would be overrun with people trying to buy yeah. property here. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, we just really don't understand that market. And that's not, you know, that's not who we're, we're trying to attract. I mean, it's just, we have no idea and we're not going to spend $5 million a year on ad budget in right, yeah. U S publications. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. As far as the airport. From Guadalajara Airport, it's a couple of hours. From Manzanillo Airport, it's an hour. And there is an airport in Colima. But because of the virus, they've been, you know, kind of they only fly in once a week or something or once a day. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's very it's very rare. But once it all opens up again, you know, they have an airport that you can just Mm -hmm. hop over to Guadalajara. And from there, that's a major international airport. So you can go. Okay. 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 Like there's direct flights from New York to Guadalajara. There's got it. Okay. And, and so you're you're renting in a gated community, but you said you say there's basically no crime in the city. Do you need right. to live in a gated community? In, in- no, it's just it's okay. it's purely psychological. It's, okay. you know, I mean, most everybody I know in Colima lives on the street. They don't care. I mean, because there's no crime, there's no breakage. Right, yeah. But it's also nice to have the gated enclave, mm-hmm. like this 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 18 hole golf course. Um, you know, has, is surrounded by this perimeter fence with electronic, with electric fencing above it and has cameras everywhere. And yeah. it's got, you know, it's got patrols and guard yeah. gates and the, and the right. whole thing. And it's purely for, if you're a high net worth Mexican, you expect that. Sure. Like, uh, okay. That's yeah. one of the amenities you expect. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like, you know, we're not going to have the undesirables here. Right. You know, this is a, a privileged enclave. So, and that's not, you know, oh, gringos don't want to assimilate with the Mexicans. It's because the Mexicans prefer, hey, we've, we've arrived. We want everything. Uh, You guys stay out there. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. So they welcome gringos. Um, they, right. they do actually, they, they, I yeah. mean, I certainly do because I've started this development with, um, with the guys that own Altozano mm. that, that this, this golf course, mm-hmm. uh. I saw it and I was, you know, if, if I can help you get the word out about this, I mean, seriously, this is, wow. I'll give you an example. You can, I can build a new two bedroom with plus office home out of, you know, better than U.S. materials using something that called 3D panel, which is a foam product. It's basically high-density foam that's about four inches thick that has a galvanized steel grid on each side. Oh, and right, right. Basically, you shoot it with concrete. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And structurally, in earthquakes, you know, it, it's, it bends, it flexes, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. It, it, it's indestructible. Right. 
Right. Um, I can build a place like that on the fairway, on the golf course, on a 5,000 square foot, 6,000 square foot lot. So a pretty big lot. Your backyard is a golf course for 310 bucks, 310,000, including the land. Including wow, the land. Including the land. Yeah. Wow. Right. That's, that's, that's Las Vegas. 1995 mm. yeah and you're not on the course you're two rows right off. right so you can yeah. see it god that's yeah. gorgeous yeah. yeah i had a place in vegas as a matter of fact i think i bought it yeah 99 or 2000 and i think i paid back then like 250 or 260 and it wasn't mm. on the golf course mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. you know it was in a golf community but it was right. like you could yeah you could throw a rock and maybe hit the course you know over the next 19 houses and that house now sells for i want to say 680 or 700 for wow. a 20 something year old house so to yeah. me i looked at that and i went this is just this is stupid money because yeah. even no if brainer. you're a landscaper or you're you know you you had an auto body shop or you know whatever it is in mm-hmm. other words you're not working on wall street making a million dollars a year mm-hmm. but you know a 300 to 350 thousand dollar house that where you can play free golf every day if that's your thing all day oh, long that's amazing there's no extra there's no extra fee for the golf uh, yeah they charge you a whopping 125 dollars a month for all the golf oh, that's it. the gym everything else oh wow mm-hmm. a month wow. That's the HOA fee? Uh, the HOA that's- fees are 3,500 pesos. So that's about 175. And that covers your landscaping, your roads, your mm-hmm. garbage, your okay. the patrols, everything else. And then for another 125, you get the clubhouse, the, the restaurants, okay. the golf, the pool, the, mm-hmm. you know, and on and on and on and on. So to me, the loaded cost is what is that? You know, 300 bucks. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. For everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if I, yeah. I don't play golf, but if I want to, I'd be out there six hours a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you put it into perspective, in Cabo, if you go to a golf course, it, it can cost $200, $250 for a game. Yeah, yeah for the day. day. Yeah, the yeah, day. yeah, the tourists. Yeah. So yeah. To me, it's just like, I mean, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the price performance, I mean, you literally, as a couple, once you own your house, you could live you know, a hundred thousand, hundred and fifty thousand dollar a year US lifestyle in Colima for twenty-five to thirty grand. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah. As a couple. That is interesting. That's after you, so you're paying cash for your house, you're saying? Yeah. If you pay cash for your house, mm-hmm. you know, you would have a maid a couple of times a week. You would have a gardener. Wow. You would be eating out probably every dinner. You yeah, know, that's my goal. It would be you yeah, <laughs> you, you just you, basically it'd be like living in a five star resort where you're just eating out constantly, you couldn't spend 30 grand a year. You'd have a- That's incredible. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because that's one of the criteria, if at all possible, on the bottom of the list. I mean, after healthcare and everything else, if I don't ever have to cook again, I could do other things. (laughs) Now, aside from golfing, um, because I I don't golf, but- Yeah, um, you do I. Yeah. What what other forms of entertainment are there? Well, I mean, I opened a restaurant here. I, I just opened up an Argentine restaurant. So it's a nice. pretty vibrant dining scene. They, mm-hmm. There's a lot of um there's a lot of good restaurants in Colima. Mm-hmm. Um there's a bar scene, mm-hmm. although during a pandemic, I'm not yeah. sure yeah. how lively you want to be. No. <laughs> and the restaurants are the are there a variety of restaurants? Like, oh yeah. Can, no, can like the one Indian I opened. Food there? Yeah, you can. You can, there's an Indian food place. There's, there's several. I mean, Japanese is really big. I want to say there's probably ten or fifteen different Japanese restaurants in the northern zone where I am. Mm-hmm. There's um, 
Greek restaurants. You know, I opened an Argentine restaurant because I love Argentina. I used to make wine in Argentina. So is it, I, cool. is it an Argentine steakhouse? Yeah, it's an Argentine steakhouse. Oh, it also wow. does probably the best pizzas you're going to get outside of New York really? or Chicago. Wow. Yeah, no, it's it's wildly popular too. So so oh, okay. Um, and we just opened it in what January? So wow. um, yeah, turned a profit by its fifth day. Oh, During wow. COVID? Just, that wow. just never happens in, 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 in the restaurant business. No, I know. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah, we always ask about the quality of pizza because, <laughs> well, you know, it's hard because we're in Brooklyn. And... Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, as a matter of fact, that's a big one for me because, you know, I was, you know, I didn't know what to make of the entire pandemic thing when I first moved here because it was the early days and we were seeing people drop dead in the streets oh. in China and everything. Yeah, so yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, I don't really want to go out mm-hmm. anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I was ordering pizza. From, you know, all the local names, you know, Domino's, all the pizza just sucked. It was terrible. It's just Mm -hmm. awful. So that's what gave me the idea for the restaurant. I was like, oh, boy. I mean, if this is the best pizza in town is Little Caesars, are you you serious? I've never even had Little Caesars. It's not an experience. Think think Costco level pizza and you're yeah. probably, yeah, you're in the, yeah. I mean, Costco is actually better than Little Caesars. So, <laughs> so, yeah, but I mean, you know, now they have decent pizza because of my place, but um, nice. pretty much. And so if you're looking for a real budget, to me, Colima is the standout. Okay. Like that really is because it t- ticks all the boxes. It's got to have the amenities. It's got to have high speed internet. It's got to have good healthcare. It's got to be affordable. It's mm-hmm. got to be safe. Yeah. It's got to be, um, you know, I have to feel like I'm living both in Mexico, but also kind of first world Mexico, not, mm. you know, yeah. Not yeah. a chicken walking down the street in front of me. I, I want, you know, something a little more elevated. Than sure. That. And it just ticked every single one of the boxes. And it's probably at those prices, I would guess Cabo is probably 30 to 40% less expensive to live in than Southern California. Zapopan is probably 20% to 30% less expensive than living in Cabo. Mm-hmm. And then Colima is probably 30% or less expensive than living in Zapopan. So it's, it's down at the bottom of the price points. But I think that's going to change over the next 10 years because I think gringos are going to figure it out. I'm already seeing people moving from Chapala, which is another Lake Chapala is kind of a, you know, there's something like 12,000 retired Americans and Canadians that live in Chapala full time. Mm-hmm. And it's it's south of Guadalajara, maybe 45 minutes. And now I'm seeing people selling their homes in Chapala and moving to Colima because the value proposition is just so much better. Right, Chapala. Right has become more expensive and, you know, they just feel like they aren't getting value for their money. Why don't we go to the East coast? Can you talk a little about Mer- Merida? Yeah, Merida. Yeah, mm-hmm. we, and we know a little about this because we had a guest who was living in Chilem, which is a little um, fishing town near mm-hmm. Mer- Merida. Well, Merida, Merida. And um, that all of that area, Merida is, is in my book. I discuss it. And when I was sort of toying with putting it in there, it's not really a secret anymore because it's gotten a lot of positive press in the U.S. as the safest city in Mexico. And um, my, it's charming. It's 
it's more expensive than Colima, but less expensive than Zapopan. So it's also down in that lower third in terms of cost of living. You can easily rent, uh, you know, a, a three bedroom home in Merida, depending on what kind of neighborhood you want for between four and $700 a month. So you know, it's very affordable. My problem with it, it's got great restaurants, very vibrant dining scene. My problem with it is the weather. It is the jungle. I mean, it's the Yucatan. You're looking at mid 90s with 90% humidity. And I just can't do that. I mean, it's like Southern Florida, if you've ever, or Houston, if you've ever spent a summer in Houston, you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Some people say, oh, I don't mind the heat. I, I do. (laughs) <laughs> and I've lived in Mexico for a long time. Right. I, I can hang in Merida for maybe four days, five days, and I'm ready to go. Yeah. And it's the same. I feel exactly the same about Cancun, about Tulum, mm-hmm. about Chetumal, Belize. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent a lot of time in Belize, and it's the same thing. It's mm-hmm. just it's the heat and yeah, um, humidity is just oppressive. Mm-hmm. You take a shower, you get out of the shower, and you feel like you need to take a shower yeah. again. You're <laughs> exactly. already sweating. If you can handle that, it's great. It really is. It's got first world, you know, amenities. It's got great health care. It's certainly affordable. Oh, and the other thing is it's got hurricanes. Yeah. yeah. So you can expect that, like, if you're planning on building a home, you have to take into account the fact that, you know, it does get hit by hurricanes. And when you've got 150, 175 mile per hour sustained winds hitting your windows, you know, that you've got to build completely differently than you would if you weren't in a hurricane zone. And a lot of places they don't build with that consideration. You just learn about how your home is built when the storm hits. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's not the, that's not the right time to learn that. The couple in Chalem, I remember asking them if they would just jump in the pool on those really oppressive hot days. And they said, no, even the pool is unbearable. So they're basically living in air conditioning year round. And air conditioning is not cheap yeah. in Mexico. Yeah. Like yeah, That's one of the few things that, you know, probably costs about the same as the U S so if I was living in Medida, I would probably, you know, in a four or five bedroom, in a decent sized house, my energy bill would easily be a couple of thousand dollars a month. Wow. Yeah. Because you'd have to, I mean, you just can't have, you can't be without air conditioning. Now, some people would say, oh, you just get used to it and the fans and it's like, no, no. Yeah. And what's the point going to Mexico, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so to me, that's the big drawback about Medida is Mm -hmm. the hurricanes and um, the oppressive heat and humidity, but everything else about it is amazing. I mean, it's yeah. charming. It's it's certainly on the map. You know, you're only 20 minute drive from the beach. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, yeah. you got you know, the beach life if you want. By the way, that's something else I like about Colima. It's like 30 miles from the beach. So oh, if nice. that's, you know, if that's what you want, you drive down the hill and mm-hmm. you're at, at the beach in half an hour. Hey, Colima, back to Colima for a second. They call it the world capital of sailfish. I guess they mean the state, not the city, right? Cause the yeah, the, 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 the state, because the city is, the city is not on the water. miles inland. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. In fact, you don't see a lot of, I'd say maybe every 15th restaurant might be a seafood restaurant here. So that's not many. Like if you go to Mazatlan or you go to Cabo or any place, every other place is, you know, seafood. And that's on my list, seafood. But Merida, you see a lot of, you see a lot of seafood as well, because, you know, it's, it's kind of proximate to the, uh, that area. Wow. 
So we've covered a lot. Yeah. Which other gems would come to mind for you? Boy, I mean, there. It, you know, I didn't want to write an 800-page um, tome, and I didn't want to bore people to tears. I didn't want to do the Encyclopedia Britannica thing because um, I get overloaded if I if I read about more than say ten places. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm already I, overloaded, but I yeah, know about too much and Zappapon. No, I think what we just really ask. <laughs> my, my listen my friends from new york came down to and these are high net worth um, folks from new york came in and stayed three days in zapopan at the hyatt and andaris mm-hmm. and they were like okay we want to buy a condo here this, this <laughs> wow. is amazing yeah it's like it's it's amazing and by mexico um prices it's expensive to buy there but you know by u.s prices it's 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 silly. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, one fifth to one eighth the price for the wow. equivalent mm-hmm. thing in a U.S. neighborhood in a similar city. So, yeah. Now, this might not be the right question for you because you're a developer, but would you recommend people renting? Um, yeah, absolutely. I would say rent first because mm-hmm. um, you won't know whether you really like the area for six months. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would absolutely, and I'm not much of a developer. I mean, that's just one of the things I do. You know, I got, I was, I have, I do custom home design and builds, but I only do maybe two to three a year for very, very select clientele in Cabo. Okay. And so I'm not like trying to encourage people to go, to go buy and build. I would be the last guy to actually tell you to do that because mm-hmm. You know, there's literally no building inspectors in residential building inspectors in Mexico. You, you know, that's an entirely different snake pit. Yeah, gonna, you're you're yeah. You're, home you're on your own. Built as well as you know, it, it, the level of larceny of your builder basically <laughs> will determine <laughs> the quality of your build. So it's it's like the U.S. in that sense. However, theoretically, you have building inspectors and codes and everything in the U.S. You, mm-hmm. you don't. You just have, oh, no, my cousin can build it for you really cheap, cheaper than anybody. And he's very honest, man. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. what you have. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely rent for the first six months, because what is charming for two months may become, you know, you've got nonstop mariachi bands and dogs barking. And, you know, you may just be like, I can't hang with this neighborhood. You know, you may go to, you know, Merida in February, the coolest month of the year and go, hey, this is amazing. And then, you know, August hits and you're like, oh, my God, kill me now. (laughs) So, 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 yeah, you want to. And also it gives you a chance to better understand the neighborhoods and the amenities you want. Mm-hmm. You know, when you start hearing things, it's like, yeah, you don't really want to go into that area of town at night or, you know, that's, you know, yeah, there's better areas mm-hmm. you don't want to buy there. So it'll take you six months to get, really get a feel for the lay of the land. Yeah. And the reason I felt comfortable doing this in Colima was because um, I have family in Colima. So, so I, you know, I already knew, you know, people that were mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm, that, that mm-hmm. could kind of steer me in the right direction. Right. But I'd never really considered living here. Okay. I mean, I, I really called Zapopan my home base mm-hmm. and I split time between Cabo and Zapopan. But then oh. with the virus, I was trying to avoid getting on planes and mm-hmm. flying back to Cabo all the time. So I just sure. stayed in Zapopan okay. and never would have occurred to me to do anything but go to Colima for, you know, a wedding or a funeral. Right, right. <laughs> but now, now this is new home base. I, I've never been happier. Wow, that's so nice great. to hear. Mm-hmm. Okay. So have we left anything out, you think? Um, yeah, I mean, there's some other places in the book. I you know, I like Queretaro. 
um, is is a really unknown town in central Mexico. Also, you know, it's pretty depending on the area and the zone. Again, it's it's relatively inexpensive. It's more expensive than Colima and Merida, but it's less expensive than Zapopan. It's safe. Mm-hmm. It's got good medical care. It's about an hour from a major a major airport from Mexico mm-hmm. City Airport or two hours, I guess, from Mexico City mm-hmm. Airport. But um, it also represents great value. And then there's a lot of other places I didn't mm-hmm. cover. I, I stayed away from the tourist spots like Puerto Vallarta yeah. and Sayulita, you know, the places mm-hmm. that are getting mm-hmm. more, you know, because everybody knows about that. You can just go yeah. online. Right, yes. right, right. Yes. Anything else we can 50 YouTube blogs. Hey, yeah. Yeah. I'm, you know, so <laughs> I don't, but, I don't but, need to cover that. But Cocoratero, that's the city with the aqueduct that runs through yes, the middle exactly. of the city, right? Right. How is that? Is it beautiful? Is it nice? uh, yeah, I love it there. It's got just great. I'm kind of a foodie, you know, so yeah. I I tend to evaluate, uh, you know, high on my list is food quality. Queretaro has amazing restaurants. It's got okay. amazing food quality. Okay. So it's got um, it's got a little wine country um, going there. And so does San Luis Potosi is another one that you'll never hear about. Um Aguas Calientes is north of, of Guadalajara, about four hours, five hours. Also, you know, a little known gem. But, you know, all of these have positives and negatives. And I'd encourage people to just spend a month, maybe spend three days in each place and mm-hmm. kind of just check out the vibe and see if it's, you know, see if it's something you're interested in coming back to a few times to really evaluate more carefully. Uh, the, the sad part to me is that so many American tourists um, really concentrate only on the touristy beach town, um, which there's nothing wrong with beach towns, but they, they just, they, they don't have any, they can't fathom how modern and amazingly developed a lot of the mainland is and how safe these supposedly, now don't get me wrong. There are horrible areas you would not want to go near on mainland Mexico, but there's a lot of places that are, you know, no worse than any American mid-sized city. And yet, you know, your cost of living will be 25 to 30% of what it would be in the same city in the U S. No, I think that's amazing. Yeah. Well, right. I just want to say, thank you so much. You have yeah. really yeah, brought out great. gems and uh, I didn't know about Kalima certainly. And when I start my research, you know, I usually will pick up a book mm-hmm. about the country, but when you don't hear it so much or advertise so much, you tend to be, you fall into that tourist trap. But on the road to retirement, there are people asking these questions daily. And we see them more and more in our new world here of our podcast. And mm-hmm. I think this is going to go a long way. So Yeah, I would encourage folks to pick up the book. It's Retirement Secrets of yep. Mexico. And, you know, if you don't like it, return it. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did not write the book as, as a big moneymaker. It yeah. was just something that had been in my mind for a long time. And I'd kind of jotted notes about this and then that. And originally started, oh, I'll do it about Baja. And then it became yeah. more about all of Mexico. Yeah. But it wasn't like, that was not my retirement plan is writing this book. Right, right, uh, right. You know, I've been I've been gratified that in the few months that it's been out, that reaction has been so so positive. Yeah. Because I've had people literally, I had two people now show up at my restaurant in Colima and say, "I just moved here after reading your book." No, that's yeah. so cool. 
That's one. Are you serious? Wow. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, no, no. I read your book. I booked a ticket. I've been here for a month and a half. This place is amazing. <laughs> See? So it That's was very wonderful. gratifying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, no, the, the book is great. And um, besides having a wealth of information, which it, which it really does, it's also well-written, which is the problem with a lot of books about um, re- retirement places. They're written by people who love their place, but they're not writers, where you are, you know, you obviously... Have a well, lot of writing experience. Depending on who you talk to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, thanks, Russell. It was so nice to meet you. And well, this was, is a treasure was, we'll always remember, too. Well, good. If, if you want to see, you know, more on Colima, um, my development up there is lincantocolima.com. Got it. L Encanto is, you know, E-L-E-C-A-N-T-O, Colima. Com. So just to give you a, a feel for why I'm so excited by that entire thing. Anything else, Jim? That's it. Thank Take you care. so much. Thanks for your Thanks. time. Nice talking to you. Okay, you too. You Bye. too. Bye-bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you know someone who's relocated for retirement and wishes to share their story with us, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Our email address is gg at retirethere.com. Our website is retirethere.com and you may follow us on Twitter at retirethere underscore. Now, if you've liked our show, please subscribe and rate it in Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, be well.